Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ray Luzier from the bands KXM and Korn, and you're checking out Sonic Perspectives. And welcome to another interview here at Sonic Perspectives. My name is Austin Coquel, contributing author and interviewer with the Sonic Perspectives team. And coming out on September 13th, we have the album Circle of Dolls coming from KXM, a fantastic band featuring Doug Pinnock from King's X, George Lynch from Lynch Mob, The End Machine, and Dawkin back in the day. And my guest today, Ray Luzier of Corn. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. We're right in the middle of the tour right now, and... Uh going really well we're out with Allison Chains and and uh it's pummeling for sure doesn't get much better than that I mean they are like wall of sound defined these days so it's that's amazing uh, appreciate you taking the yeah, time it's, it's, yeah it's, it's real it's funny because I, I was a fan of them for years and years and never thought I'd ever be on a tour with them and uh you know because corn tours with many different bands but what a great package people leave there with smiles on their faces uh ear to ear yeah and, and it's funny because they're only just a few years removed from each other but like you know, it's they're kind of two different '90s uh, eras, kind of combined, coming together. You know, um, Alice in Chains was a little bit earlier on with the, you know, they could be looped in with like, uh, you know, Soundgarden and uh, Stone Temple Pilots and everything. And you know, your your buddies, the DeLeos, and then Corn uh, is a little bit of the new era from then. But you put them together in 2019, and it still works. You know? Yeah, totally. I, it's the turnouts have been ginormous. Like I can't. Everything's sold or almost next to sold out it's, yeah it's uh really it's a really great time for it. as it should be especially you know with you and corn and having you know four of the guys you know the original members with you and everything it's like and yeah. and and alice and chain sounds amazing these days i mean they're still the albums they're coming out with are fantastic you know a lot of people didn't think after lane staley died that it would really ever continue but they're as good as ever in my opinion yeah. absolutely so, and, it, and they it's funny because i always go to Ken Trail's dressing room and i'm like hey man like, like, I want to hear some more new stuff because I'm a huge fan. You know, we share the same producer, Nick Raskulinix, mm-hmm. did the last three Alice in Chains, and he did our last two Corn records, and, and they just sound so great, you know. Um, for only having two original members left in that band, they really just still have it, you know. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and I love Jerry Cantrell's solo stuff, too. I mean, I, I actually saw him yep. in Pittsburgh, funny enough, at uh, Metropole back in 01. He was on a solo tour, and he had William with him then, and uh, he even kills mm-hmm. it doing solo stuff. But um, Yeah. Yeah, yep. so anyway, not to Absolutely. talk about too much about the, <laughs> the bands we love, um, let's just talk yeah. about you and what's going on with KXM a little bit. Um, I was recently uh, watching an older interview you did with uh, Charlie from Anthrax, right when KXM was first coming out, and you were teasing KXM yeah. as a new thing, and all of a sudden, we're on album number three, which is just crazy. I mean, I knew, <laughs> I knew from the start, though, that, you know, I mean, th- this special brew of you and Doug and George Lynch, and I'm a huge King's X fan, uh, but I, I knew that this Me would too. transcend you know, side project or super group. And it felt like an actual band with something to say. So what's it like for you to be at this stage of the band's history where you, you guys have a, a, a hat trick of albums going? Yeah, it, it's re- very fortunate, you know, and very, feel very lucky to be, 
to have so many great musicians in my world and career and, and you know, definitely blessed to play with a lot of great ones. Um, the whole King's X thing, or I'm sorry, the KXM thing come up just at my party um, I had for my one-year-old at the time. And George was in my bedroom looking at, you know, guitars. And I go, check out my studio, man. You got to see this. Like, I got all these weird guitars. And everyone from the party kind of trickled out. It was me, Doug, and George left at the end. And he goes, this would make a great lineup. And I'm like, yeah, right. That's like a dream for me, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, lo and behold, he was very persistent. And he's like, hey, corn's off this day. Uh, I don't have any lynch mob, you know, gigs. Doug's available. Let's go in on Monday through Tuesday or through Wednesday. And let's. And we just started chipping away and turns out a lot of times when you're buddies with someone like that um doesn't mean you're going to get along musically and it turns out when we get in the studio it just comes pouring out of us you know um the creativity and um that doesn't happen with, with every musician you know um we just felt really lucky so after the first the success of the first records and so many people bought it which we were kind of blown away it allowed us to go back in the studio to make scatterbrain and the same thing you know we didn't know if it was that magic was still going to be there and there here we are again on circle of dolls our third effort and the only thing we need to do now is is play live and that's mostly my fault because corn's so busy and um as everyone knows it takes months to prepare a tour to promote it properly and um it would take us several weeks just to just to get ready for one show so yeah that's not out of the question i think it will eventually happen um but uh, we'll see. Well, come see us down here in the Carolinas. I'd love to see you guys. I mean, uh, I've seen King's X yeah. probably close to 10 times, but I've never seen you or George in person. So that would be phenomenal. Um, and, and, and you're right, right too. It's yeah. a lot of the time it's, you know, you, you play with friends and it doesn't work musically or you have a great musical connection with people, but then, you know, it's like a Fleetwood Mac or like, you know, Van Halen brothers kind of thing. You know, it's like, it just doesn't work, but yeah. the music is great. And for you guys to have just the, yep. the best of both worlds is, is fantastic. And, uh, especially yeah. where, where Doug has, I mean, both Doug and George have so many different side projects, you know, um, aside from King's X, you know, Doug's been with Jughead and God knows how many different things, uh, you know, uh, pin yeah. Gale's Pridgen and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. to think that he, you know, he can still make magic happen with another group of like, you know, buddies of his it's, and the albums keep getting better and better in my opinion. Um, George, no, meanwhile, I mean, you know, he always amazes me with his chameleon-like playing, what he was doing with Dawkin, you know, back in the day, like Mr. Scary and everything, versus his new band with some of the Dawkin guys, The End Machine, versus what he does with KXM. He's so versatile, and he plays with such rhythmic intensity in KXM, which is a great match for you, because, I mean, you know, obviously you're a huge force behind the kit. Um, and, of course, what you do with Korn is just, you know, larger than life. So what's it like going from, you know, playing with Fieldy and Monkey and Head to playing with George and Doug? I mean, what's that contrast like? That's <laughs> a pretty vast contrast, I'll tell you, because uh, no one plays like Korn. That's for, for dang sure. I've been in, this is October starts my 13th year, and they've been around for 25. So yeah. congratulations, man. That's awesome. They are different animals. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I had no idea. If you'd have told me 15 years ago, I'd have been in corn for 12 yeah. years, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. You know, um, but because you never know, these, these the music business is a very fickle thing, as everybody knows. And you know, being in bands is, are like mini marriages. You have to some people's hearts get out of it. Some people mm-hmm. just you know, for whatever reason, just move on. So 
uh, it's a different animal. And that's what I love. I love the fact that all of the members of Corn, we have something going on outside the band creatively in, in different avenues, you know. Um, and I think it's what makes Corn what they are because it, there's so many different interests in the band, you know. John, the last thing he'll listen to is metal or hard rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks, he's like an 80s pop guy and he loves funk and he, He'd rather listen to Parliament Records than the new Slipknot. You know, he's that's just can't go wrong with Bootsy, you know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you know, but then Head's a metalhead. You know, and we're yeah. all like '80s. We all look. It's funny because uh, there's if you go in, in Head, Brian Head Welsh's bedroom in Bakersfield, his parents' house. There's pictures of George Lynch on his wall back from when. <laughs> I mean, he he laughs the fact that I'm in a band with George Lynch because that's one of the reasons he picked the guitar up. Oh so, yeah. Um, if there's a mutual respect for everyone's avenues that we take and, uh, you know, um, it's, it's, but it's definitely a different animal. I mean, the groove and the power corn has is it took me years to get deep inside it. You know, it's not the Mm -hmm. fact that like, Oh, I can play those drum parts. It has nothing to do with that. It's all, do you, do you get what this vibe is all about and this energy and this feel and the heart and soul and everything It is not, you know, all my experience from all my previous bands, obviously, tribute to everything that i have today but i come from a vastly wacky background of of you know from playing with david lee roth for eight years to jakey lee to you know army of anyone to all the sessions of the over 100 records that i've played on that are, are really different you know so um it's really cool to have the outlet and creativity the difference between kxm and corn there's no producer uh, with KXM whatsoever. So it's me, Doug, and George in a room. We have our engineer, Chris Collier, who's an amazing engineer, uh, producer, mixer. He'll tell us. He's kind of the outside ears. We're like, hey, guys, you did that too many times, or this sounds too much like this, or mm-hmm. whatever. But for the most part, it's 100% us, um, um, which is great. Um, with Corn, you have a producer, someone as, as great as Nick Rasky Linux. Um, offering their opinion, saying, hey, you guys are, it's a little too this, or hey, Ray, don't play that drum fill here, play it here. And it's interesting because at first you get kind of hurt a little bit. You're like, wait, I'm being yeah. creative. Why are you crushing my creativity? Yep. And then you listen to the song at the end of the day and you're like, oh, he was right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, there's that. That's a huge difference, you know? No, I completely understand. I, I produce TV commercials for a living at a CBS station, and I film and I edit and I write scripts and I voice. And, you know, sometimes you yeah. get so into what you're doing creatively that, like, someone says something and they mean well, but you're like, no, 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 you're wrong. And then you step back and, like, look at it, like, the next day or something. You're like, Shit, they were right. Like, and it's, yep. it's, just, it's just another yep. set of eyes, you know? So I totally understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, continuing from here, I mean, you've spent an entire career now, I mean, just kind of standing shoulder to shoulder with legends. I mean, you know, like you said, David Lee Roth days and joining his list of uh, illustrious alumni, the, the Van Halens, Vi, Sheehan, Bissonette, Jason freaking Becker, um, you know, to yeah. playing with Korn after Terry Bozio's contributions and now Doug and Lynch. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, just speaking from, uh, from a fan perspective, you've become one of my favorite drummers on the planet. Uh, along with uh, Nick DiVigilio uh, and Craig Blundell. You guys are kind yeah. of my, my Mount Rushmore right now. And, I mean, what's on... What's on... <laughs> I'm honored to be on that. Yeah, we'll put you on the corner. You know, you can just kind of, you know, hang out over there, yeah. you know. But, there you go. Um, so, what, I mean, but what's on your professional bucket list that you haven't done yet? I mean, who you haven't worked with or even met yet? There's, you know, I have a, I have a bunch because I'm, I'm a fan still. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, I'm always the guy on the side stage when we're at these festivals and, 
you know, there's some bands, even now, like Alice in Chains, I watch almost every night just because, not the whole show, but I'll I'll definitely, because I'm such a fan, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of people out there um, that I would love to just get in the studio with or just get in a jam room and, and, and do some stuff with, you know, like w- weird things like Flea, you know, from the Peppers. Yeah. He's just so out there the way he plays. And I, I'm a huge fan of Trent Reznor, you know, uh, I'd love to see musically what we come up with i was um, just listening to the fragile before i called you guys actually oh <laughs> uh, that's what, one of my favorite records of all yeah time. yeah yep. um just i bought that vinyl not too long ago nice i love it uh, uh but yeah i mean and some of them are fulfilled like i've always wanted to be in a band with billy sheehan and i've got i've been lucky enough to do his last two solo records holy cow and, and cosmic troubadour yeah which i used to play at my college radio really, station cosmic troubadour Funny oh, enough. nice. Yeah, I told him that back in 05 yeah. with Vi, and he was like, are you serious? I said, yeah, no, I love your stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that means a lot because it's, you know, that's more towards the indie side of, of releases. And, yeah. Uh, but he's such a massive legend and, and does, has done so much for this musical community. And, uh, you know, but there's, so I'm, I'm still working with, you know, Robert and Dean DeLeo, I was so blessed to work on the Army of Anyone record because yeah. I, I'm a huge FTP fan, and and Richard from Filter. I, I, I used to play those Filter records all the time, mm-hmm. and so that's one of my most proud records is the Army of Anyone, just because you know I was lucky enough to play with these guys. So uh, I did some. I did a classic rock awards in Tokyo in '16, and it was kind of surreal because I was playing with Jeff Beck, one of the biggest guitar <sighs> legends ever. Jesus, and uh, um, you know Phil Collin from. Def Leppard and, and mm-hmm. uh, Rudolf Schenker from Scorpions and uh, uh, you know the Tesla was there and Johnny Depp and just a weird eclectic bunch of people and I was the house drummer along with Robert and Dean DeLeo and uh, we did 32 songs with all these different artists <laughs> and it was just so surreal you know so I'm blessed to be to play with these people for sure yeah yeah it's it's amazing it's especially when you still have the fan perspective it's like you got to pinch yourself once in a while yeah. you know um, so well, obviously... yeah, that, sitting in a room that, that day in Tokyo was, I literally couldn't get engulfed to, you know, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck were watching us rehearse with the Def Leppard guys. And I was just going, Jimmy Page is watching me rehearse right now. This, yeah. is, this is the most bizarre day of my life. No <laughs> pressure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously you guys squeeze in KXM when you can in between your day jobs. Um, I mean, how, how does that work from like a songwriting perspective? I mean, you said the three of you kind of self-produce pretty much everything. Um, but like, how what, do you kind of send song ideas back and forth remotely and then come together? Or what's it, what's it all like? No, that, that's the interesting thing about it. And we did three records completely uh, with no pre-production whatsoever and no preconceived riffs, grooves, or notions. We just walk in a studio and we didn't know if we were going to do Circle of Dolls the same way as we did Scatterbrain in the first one um, because of that. But there's something about the challenge. You know, we have enough miles between us and we have enough experience uh, playing that we've said, you know what, let's book studio time, walk in there and see what we got. And this, we've done three records like that now. Um, so basically we, we get in there 10, 11 a.m. and we start carving away and see, hey, I got this groove, I got this thing, I got whatever. And by six or seven PM, I'm tracking drums for the record. Yeah, geez. And that's the final thing. And then, and then he does Georgia Duke rhythms, and Doug will play his bass. And then we move on the next day. That's it. And that's it. Sounds really weird, and that's like sacrilege to most bands out there. But 
we've done it three times and that's just the formula we'd love to do. So there's no like, Hey, you know, remember that song we wrote two months ago, rough can that or none of that, you know? So, um, it's really interesting. Of course, you know, Doug goes back and, and has to listen to the songs to get melodies and words mm-hmm. and George does his leads, but, um, most of the record is done right there on the fly. And, uh, we were even joking if we ever do a fourth effort that maybe we should try to do pre-production. Cause if we come <laughs> up with these songs, like this think about what we could do with yeah. actually planning them out you know? yeah so. well and i mean i think this one like i said earlier i think this one is kind of the strongest yeah i mean i'm a big prog guy too so i think this one kind of goes off in uh some different areas and some more experimental territories uh and that might be why right. you know it appeals to me a little bit more than the first two although i love the first one like I played it nonstop when it came out. Um, it was, was it sort of, I mean, obviously when you're just writing day to day, um, you know, it's, it's hard to plan, but I mean, it's with kind of the more experimental out there sort of things like lightning being one of the lead singles from it. It's, it's kind of a weird off kilter song. I mean, did you guys kind of decide to take some different liberties and chances this time around? Yeah. Well, you know, Again, we didn't we didn't sit there and say, "Hey, we're you know let's let's go darker on this record, yeah. let's do this or whatever." We just we just do what we're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about George, it takes it takes him out of his realm, uh, out of his quote shredding zone and what he's known for. And a song like Lightning to sit there and, and click the toggle switch in triplet forms instead of doing a uh, check this out. I'm going to do I'm George Lynch legend. I'm going to do this cool riff. You know, I started playing that groove on drums, and Doug came in with his bass line, and, and George just went completely left field with this weird off-time, you know, uh, groove in the verses until the chorus kicks in. So that's that's the perfect example of, of KXM. You know, something that could have been he could have wrote a totally progressive thing over that if he wanted to, and it, it, he knows that we're all trying to be a little bit more experimental on our grooves and you know some of those grooves i could never play in corn you know that's yeah. way too busy or way too too much um but like i said there's no rules um so yeah there's no you know rhyme or reason for it. i mean war of words is a totally different uh kickoff i mean that's mm-hmm. just a banger in your face kind of kind of tune and and um you know that's just the way they came out you know there's uh there's this one called as big as the sun on there with another one of my favorites it's got a like almost a chili peppers type verse into a heavy riff uh intro and, and chorus and you know um it's it's really weird how i wish we had more studio footage you know we, we're going to put out some more behind the scenes videos on youtube we have a really cool um videos for the singles i encourage uh your, your people to check out um on youtube just type in kxm and we really have a lot of fun with the videos and then there's a lot of um, making ofs for the first two records, and we're gonna definitely yeah. release some for the third as well. A lot of fun, except for when you're being rained on for hours at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a funny story <laughs> about lightning. Um, uh, the, the the producer for that, Sebastian Paquette and Jamie Brown, that did these videos. Uh, Sebastian called me up and said, "Hey, man, this is a weird question, but do you happen to have a drum kit you could submerge in water?" I, w- I wondered about the the logistics of that. He, he, oh, and, and I go, "No, are you crazy?" And he's like. <laughs> He goes, don't you have like 27 drum kits? I'm like, yeah. I go, but then they all mean something to me. Like, this was used on this record. This was this tour. Like, they were... And then, so I kind of blew it off, and I thought about it, and I go, you know what? The first drum kit I ever bought with my own money in Pittsburgh, you know, I painted buildings to save up one drum at a time. Mm-hmm. It's sitting in Bakersfield in our in our the corn studio. 
pretty much rotting. You know, I've used on the 9.0 record, Darren Household, or a couple of my first records I ever did. And for sentimental reasons, you know, I, I kept it in, in this pile, but it's turning yellow, it's warping. And, and I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, why not put it in a video that's preserved for a lifetime yeah. than, than yeah. Uh, sit there and rot? So that's what I did. Have, it's about half the drum kit that I thought. But, um, yeah, that rain chamber was crazy in Los Angeles. They literally turned this thing on, and I was like, I buy drums. But they actually are okay. You know, they dried out fine. And, uh, wow. <laughs> they're, yeah. No, it's a cool effect for the video. Very like uh, like GNR slash kind of stuff from back in the day. You know, just like totally. yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, so Doug writes some some pretty pretty intense songs and, and lyrics sometimes. I mean, everything from Over My Head from you know back in the day with King's X to like Faith Is a Room or Sleep, which is such a heavy song from the first KXM, yeah. KXM album. Um, does he ever go anywhere lyrically that really kind of takes you back or surprises you at all? That sleep song really messed me up because I was like, Doug, what the hell are you singing about? And yeah. he's like, well, that's my, my mama went through some crap. And and uh, if, if the, his stepdad at the time ever laid a finger on her, he, she goes, I hope you don't plan on sleeping tonight because if you fall asleep, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like, intense. That's, that's some heavy stuff. Yeah, man. It's like, and so and that's the cool thing about a, a vocalist. Obviously, they have that outlet. They can sing about whatever they want. I mean, some of the new corn uh, music on the nothing is very heavy because Jonathan lost his wife, you know, uh, yeah. last year. So there's some definitely venting emotional, powerful stuff coming out. And, uh, Doug's been through a, a lot too, you know, in his lifetime. And, um, I'm always one of the guys that used to think Kings X should have been bigger than the Beatles back in the day. Cause mm-hmm. they're, they just, you know, going to a Kings X show for me was like going to church, you know, yeah. soul to come out. And, uh, it was more than just going to see a concert. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, because sometimes I'll ask Doug straight up, like, dude, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, but I'm going somewhere with this, you know, because we'll get rough. As he goes, hey, guys, I got this idea after we finish the record, and he starts doing his vocals. He'll send us some things, and, and you know, it's a fragile thing, because I get emotional uh, if someone rips on drum parts that I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm also, I take it very, you know, I take criticism well. You know, if, if a producer's not hearing something or, you know, I don't get butthurt or everything, but a vocalist, when you're singing and you're you're projecting your lyrics to people, that's the ultimate uh, of anything, you know. Um, so, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, but yeah, he, he does sing about some definitely uh, powerful things. Yeah, yeah. Well, fun fact for the listeners, uh, we, we talked about this before that we got going, but uh, you and I both grew up near, in, and around the Pittsburgh area. Uh, you grew up on a farm, and I grew up in the suburbs of Wexford in Allegheny County, but mm-hmm. um, you grew up playing drums in band, and I grew up playing cello in orchestra and bass guitar and bands down in the city. So, I mean, we kind of have this shared background in history a little bit, um, and, you know, I wouldn't have traded my orchestra days for, for anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no. pushing 40 now and it's like, it's still such a huge part of who I am in my life and everything. Um, you know, and I, I'm just an amateur musician and, you know, a journalist guy, but how important to you is your early foundation in music and a, a more formal setting with what you do now? Oh, it's, it's, it's everything. Like that's the, that's the roots. I mean, I would be, uh, nothing without the marching band and jazz and concert symphonic everything i was a part of back then it was it was you know I, you look back and you're young and naive at the time but when it you look back now you know in my late 40s going wow it, it 
you know, and some of my old band directors will write me or they'll Facebook me or something. And, and, uh, they're like, Hey man, I'm proud of you. I'm like, well, I couldn't have done any of this without you, you know, yeah. cause it's and they're back there trying to teach me what a quarter note is and what, what timing is, you know, you're, the disciplinary aspects of it alone, like when you're playing in an orchestra and you're waiting 32 bars for one cymbal crash. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're, you know, 14, they're like, this is stupid. Like, I want to play drums like the guy in Kiss, you know? Yeah, so, yep. you know, uh, but you're you're building the vocabulary in your head. You're building your repertoire for everything you know now. And that's hugely, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, they're, they'll ask me straight up, like, how do I get, how do I do what you do? And I'm like, you, there's so much experience. You can't just tell somebody, you know, you have to, you got to go through it. You got to get in a garage and suck. You got to mm-hmm. uh, put, put six to eight, 10 hours in a day, you know, playing your instrument. And, and if you're passionate enough about it and you, and you, you're artistic enough and you, you have the talent to do it, you will get better at it, you know? Um, but you got to put the time in a lot of, yeah. all of these newer generation kids I see on YouTube and stuff. And, yeah, they're playing fast and they're, they're impressing their girlfriends by, I don't know. I, I, some of it, some of it are really good and, and they will do something. And some of them are just doing it for the wow factor. And, and the depth is not there for me. And that bums me out, you know? Yeah. There, there's no replacement of going from uh, learning hot cross buns to like playing in the pit orchestra for West Side Story, you know, which is exactly right. what I did. And, you know, even, you know, aside from playing bass and everything, you know, with bands and rocking out and, you know, meeting girls and all that stuff, you know, it's even within just the scope of my beginning to end of like being an orchestra musician, you know, playing in West Side Story was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Leonard Bernstein was like a genius, uh, you know, par none. And just going from sure. like the basics to, you know, just the top end of doing that kind of thing is just an amazing journey in and of itself, let alone what that can lead to. So yeah, like don't just go on YouTube and just learn to, you know, play fast. Yeah. There's more to life than that. Yeah. I totally agree. Absolutely. And you just got to embrace it. You know, I always tell up and comers, like you got to soak it in, let alone uh, learning how the music business works. You know, you really got to network. You really got to put the time and hours in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, September 13th, Circle of Dolls is coming out. But of course, it's the same day um, the, the next Corn album, The Nothing, is coming out as well. Yep. Is, it, is it weird having both albums come out the same day? It just coincidentally yeah. uh, that happened this time. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's certain markets and certain time periods that records have to be released. And, sure. And uh, uh, Joe from Rat Pack called me and said, hey, you know, this is kind of weird, but uh, this record's coming out the same day as Corn." I went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, uh, to me, it's two of my favorite records I've done this far, and uh, it, that's going to be a great release day for me because yeah. um, I'm very proud of both of these records. Um, um, the new Corn is just so powerful and emotional, and, and it's, it's, I think fans are going to freak the hell out. It's, it's really, um, uh, it, it's got elements of the past corn it's got uh modern sounds it's it's uh i've never heard jonathan davis sound better than this it's like um it's really mind-blowing to me so i can't wait for everyone to hear it yeah what what are things what have things been like um creatively since kind of going with the dubstep sound a little while ago what's sort of i mean you know obviously you can't tell us everything about it but um what's it been like coming up with the next step for the band after that well that's the thing like we're you know uh that's what I love about Jonathan. He's not afraid to take chances on stuff, you know, even, um, 
when we did the Corn 3, Remember Who You Are record, that was my first full studio record. And we went back in with producer Ross Robinson, and um, which was a crazy thing to do because it's, it's, it was a very unethical, uh, unethically made record uh, as far as how we did it and, and put it all together. But I'm proud of that record because of how we did it. And then to take a left turn on the this dubstep trip and, and bring DJs in and John's just not afraid to take chances. And mm-hmm. I love that. Sometimes you piss fans off by doing that. And um, I think if you're a diehard corn fan, you're going to freak out of this new record because it, it's definitely, it sounds like corn 2019, but it's, it's, that's got elements of the past in there. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, if you listen to this record from start to finish, it's a, a mental, mentally exhausting thing in a good way, you know? Yeah. I, even me, I saw corn on the family values tour at the, at the civic arena where the penguins used to play uh, back in 98. And yeah. And when Jonathan came out with those bagpipes, man, for the first time, the crowd just went nuts. So, I mean, even then, you know, on the follow the leader days, they were still innovative and just doing stuff differently. So to see them taking chances, I respect that tremendously in 2019. I mean, go dubstep, do whatever you want. You know, it's it's your career, it's your music. Enjoy it. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's cool that the fans are so support. Like you can't you can't bullshit the fans. They know what's going on, especially fans that have been around for so many years. There's people that get turned on to corn off of Serenity of Suffering, the last record, and then there's people that have been there since the first record and yeah. and you they know what's up. You can't half ass anything. That's what I love about the last few records we've made. It's it's everyone's in a good headspace. Everyone's all about their music and families and there's no substance or drama, anything to get in the way. And I think it shows, you know. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ray, like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. I guess we'll uh, wrap things up real quick. Um, but I mean, I could pick your brain for hours, but um I mean, it's been a real pleasure getting to sit down and talk with you, and good luck with the rest of the tour with Alice in Chains and Corn and everything. Um, I'll be buying my own copy of Circle of Dolls for sure, so I'm looking forward to just being able to hold it in my hands, and I'm sure you are too. Um, but best of luck with the release, yeah. Circle of Dolls and uh, The Nothing, both coming September 13th. And thanks for taking the time to chat with me here at Sonic Perspectives. I appreciate it, brother, and all the best to you, and everyone be good to one another out there. All right, thanks so much for listening to this interview about the new KX7 album with Ray Luzier. Once again, this is Austin Coquel from Sonic Perspectives, and I'll leave you guys now with Lightning from KXM's Circle of Dolls album, due out on the 13th of September. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcasts for more interviews, reviews, and episodes of Talking Perspectives from time to time. All of those links are on this page. So uh, thanks again for listening. I'll see you soon right here at Sonic Perspectives. Turn off all of your troubles Leave them all behind Maybe just for a second See beyond the blind You can do it if you want to If you do it's alright And every day there's a new way To fight